What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode on the Dewan Marrero podcast. This is your host, Dewan Marrero. Joining me this week is my guy, Coach Larry Moore, who is the head men's basketball coach over at Hammond High School. Um, his team is currently on a seven-game winning streak. They just beat Portage uh, the other day. Um, the next game will be Friday, this upcoming Friday, against Hammond Morton. Um, Hammond's been doing a phenomenal job, guys. They are number one. They're the number one team in 3A and top 10, regardless of class in the state of Indiana. I uh, cannot wait for you guys to hear this dialogue between Coach Moore and myself. We really go into depth, talk about this second half of the season, his expectations, and just how his team has been doing overall. And Coach Moore really just shed some light on you know, playing in Indianapolis, why it's important for young coaches to be seen across Indiana and not just playing locally. So really dope episode you guys don't want to miss. Um, guys, be sure to uh, tune in visually to this episode under my YouTube channel. Uh, please hit subscribe and leave a review. Take care. What's it like for you to be a brother Mm -hmm. from Northwest Indiana, leading your program to be one of the top 3A programs in the state of Indiana. What's that like for you? Uh, you know what, man, it's been a grind. It's been a long time coming. A um, lot of bumps and bruises, learning, growing. Uh, I feel like you're supposed to become a better person every year and a better coach. And you have to work at your craft. And so um, being a head coach comes with a lot of criticism. A lot of people in the, in the crowd or social media think they can do your job, but it's more than just coaching. It's a lot that entails. And so um, your circle is not a big circle. And um, you just got to have your belief, whatever that is, man, and just stand by it. And thing. Your, your journey so far has been incredible. How much credit would you get to Pops with the, the information that he gave you, the knowledge and, and the wisdom? Man, my dad is a special guy, man. He, even coaching us, he wasn't that father like, hey, man, you need to get up, shag balls for you, none of that. He, he provided us a, a platform and a space. We had access to a gym. My mom was a coach. I had access to a gym. The gym is open. Go get better. And so what he taught me is you got to go get it. It don't matter what I did as a player, what I'm doing as a coach. You got to go get it. And so I take on that mindset that, at the beginning of me being a head coach, man, it kind of felt like I was doing everything. And then as I grew, I knew I had to give some duties to other people in order for it to be successful because sometimes you just don't want to do everything. Right. You, like it's going to fall on me if things don't work. Absolutely. How do you stay poised? Like before I get into like the West Side game, you was down 10. You know what I mean? And your team rallied back. How do you, okay. how do you stay poised in the times like when you was down by 10? Um, against Westside. Okay. Well, I was a poised player, I believe. And so I try to show that to my players. I believe, you know, some coaches are running around the place and then right. you get to yelling at refs. I believe your crowd gets to going, your kids are not focused. And so I try to keep it even keel for them. So they're comfortable and they know that what we're doing is going to work. To like both teams at that time when I went to the game because I, I filmed that game was was Westside and Hammond, you know, two dominant programs, um, a lot of hype around that game. Mm -hmm. But what did you like tell your players going into that game? 
man, we have to control the things that we can control. This is going to be a battle. It's not going to be easy. They're not going to lay down. And it's 32 minutes. And you're not going to get every, like when we're down 10, you're not going to get it back in one possession. Like I would say, I look at the clock and say, okay, it's six minutes. Let's get it under six. Let's get it under four. You know, we're, we're just talking them through the process. And sometimes I'll call a timeout, Rico, and I don't even say much. Hey, we just need a breather because we're pressing right. so much. I just call this timeout so y'all can get some water. I don't say right. anything else. How, and how, that matches them. How, how important is it for you to be like a coach's player? Because Harold Woods had 29 points, bro. Right. Like, like he went off. Like, what was that mindset for him? And like, how much confidence did you give him to almost put up 30? Rico, I averaged 25 a game my junior and senior year. Did you? Yeah. Okay. In the shot. And okay. I, I, if you want to put the ball in the hole and have some, <laughs> some little freedom, you could play for me, man, because a lot of times I'm not looking at it as a coach. I'm looking at it how I would have picked my spots to score. You get what I'm saying? So right. when I get him that confidence. I don't care about a missed shot. I care about you sprinting back on defense, boxing out, being on help side. A missed shot is a missed shot. Next play. And some players know that. Absolutely. So they're going to be a little relaxed. Reggie Abram. Yeah. The fuel to the team. You know, how much does he mean to the team? And for those who don't know, he's one of the winningest player in like Hammond Wildcats history. He won like, what, 59 games? Yeah. They, yeah. Well, he now is. he, that was, that was back then, like, a couple yeah. months ago now he's won like 60 plus but how much does he mean to the team because I, I love his energy man reggie is our leader man first of all he plays hard all the time even if he does something wrong he's playing hard so as a coach you can't complain about that i i love like the the freedom you give him because once he see that that one shot go in he's gonna try to come down if the defender's backing up and you give him too much space if he had two in a row you gotta call a timeout but, but, but Rico, we teach that. So mm -hmm. even if we're in a pick and roll situation, okay, you call a set, but if the guy go underneath, you can shoot the ball, raise up and shoot it. Don't just right. try to be a robot and play through it. No, if he go underneath, you raise up and knock it down. How, Make a great play. How, how long have your team been assembled for those who don't know, who just now seeing you for the first time this year? How long have the guys been playing together? So Reggie and Hero have been playing on varsity together three years. Uh, Reggie's a four-year starter. Harold's a three-year starter. Reed, second year. This is Jordan's second year. So um, they have been together for some years, and they're veterans. They're veterans, and they they expect to win when we get dressed. That's the key thing. Like um, practices are really rough, so the game come. They like, man, this is easy. This is thirty-two minutes, and I get multiple breaks. Right. Um, Sean Woods was my coach at Moorhead State. Okay. And I know Sean Woods played at UK. He's, he's from Gary, went to Chicago Cathedral, the whole nine, but he's a hard-nosed coach. His coach was uh, Rick Patino. Right. When preseason, he'd be like, hey, man, I need to be mid-season form preseason mm -hmm. and mid-season form, we need to be postseason ready. Right. That was his psychology. Mm -hmm. So when I saw you guys play LN and only lose by one at the Sneakers for Santa event, you guys looked mid-season form already right. what was going through your mind playing a number one team in the state ln and only losing by one you know what's crazy i know Rico. you was pissed because i i, I would have been pissed too you we know what to shock I, I, I was i was 
I was pissed because I thought my kids deserved to win that game. I Absolutely. And we didn't go in worried about their ranking because I knew I had a solid team that was going to play hard and compete with anybody in the state. Absolutely. I just felt bad for them because they didn't get that opportunity to beat the number one team. And I told them, I said, this is a feeling we're not going to feel much this year, fellas. I remember take you saying it. that. Yeah. Take it. And that's what it is. Harold, don't worry about that shot. I know you're going to make shots for us. It's over with, but we don't want to feel like this anymore. So I think we gained the respect of the state, but we still don't go on moral victories. We still Absolutely. lost. We still lost the game, and um, the guys have locked in since then. Like we got to just play and defend better. One hundred percent. I I remember you told me you was like, hey, Rico, it's gonna be the last game we we lose this season. Yeah, and, and I felt that. I told them that in the locker room, like. The community, everybody around gonna be, man, y'all playing in the one point, we still lost. Absolutely. How important is it for us, like here in a region to play Indianapolis schools if you're a head coach? Like what advice would you give some younger coaches who are coming up in the rankings to like make sure your team is being seen all across Indiana? So the reason I made that move to start going to Indianapolis and Evansville and things of those nature, because for years, we played in the dipper, man, and we were doing very well. Two years, we went three and one. Our only losses was to Morgan Park, but that right. still didn't do anything with the voting on this side. So I'm like, I got to figure out how to get my program at a, at a space where they see us, they respect us. My kids are getting in the top 40 workouts, top 60 workouts, what have you. So I to get to a space where we were getting respected in the state, man, you know, coming from the region, it's like, they either view us as undisciplined or we're not teaching the right things. And, right. and that bothers me. And especially as a black coach, man, they, they feel like we're not teaching the proper things. Although we played at the college level, we were taught by great people at the high school and college level. They tend not to give us that respect. So I said, man, let's just go on the road and show them what we do and we compete and we teach the same thing. We teach the game the right way. And we're going to compete and we tough. Like we've got tough kids. Man, you sound like Marvin. You give you give me those 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 vibes. Like Marvin's like, hey, hey, Rico, like for you to be an Indiana All-Star, let's just be 100. You gotta be seen. Like playing against the, the, the schools around here is cool, but that's just locally. Right. Like what we're trying to build is like you gotta play throughout Indiana. We're gonna travel as far as we can to be seen. And I think that's why we were successful back then, because like how I saw your schedule. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, you playing Evansville? Mm -hmm. I'm like, you got LN? Then you play North Central. Like, you won big against North Central on the road. And for right. a lot of people, North Central's a, a big school. Right. And that's and for us, this is our second year beating them on their home floor. And the fact that you're even going to them is now the conversation probably changed, like, when you guys come to us. Right. Right. And, I, and, I, and you know what, Rico? I want to get to the space where we don't, as the region, don't always have to travel to them. Correct. I mean, we have nice facilities here. They need to start coming up this way and, and, and sleep in a hotel or get on that bus and come play in an uncomfortable situation. But we are forcing the region to go to them because that's where all the voters at. And so we can say, man, I ain't going to nap, but then it really hurts the kids. So right. then we swallow our pride and say, okay, we're going to go on their turf and we're going to win. I 100% agree. <laughs> Excuse me. When, when Marvin back then how had a, a showcase i don't know if you remember like we used to go play how at mm -hmm. the time and then how came up to us and then yes. we played north central 
So like we played L now it starts to make sense. I feel like as a player, mm-hmm. they don't understand the the message behind driving two hours to play the school. They just know that it's on they look at the schedule, be like, we play them. But on the business and the coaching side, when our goals yeah. are are bigger than the the players majority of the time, it all makes sense to me now. Right. So so I salute you big time on that. Appreciate that. The the second segment. What's your expectations this second half? You had a tremendous first half of the season, but how are you telling your guys to keep poised because now you guys are being hunted? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's just the mentality of practice, man. We start off practice with our defensive drills, shell drill daily, and just creating that mindset that we want to carry over when we start the game. So we we respect every opponent, man. We watch film to a T. Every kid is broken down in the scouting report. I mean, to a T. But it's really about us cleaning up little things. Like, I don't believe in 50-50 balls. I believe a loose ball is supposed to be having a high ball. No. Right? Yeah. So when you say 50-50 ball, I'm not okay with that, man. Like, we train for that, man. Rico, we still lift weights twice a week. Nice. In the season. And we go hard in there because that helps with prevention of injuries and it keeps a mentality. So why are you not getting that loose ball? When we, when we today we play Portage. Tomorrow before practice, we back in the weight room. Nothing has changed. So I expect them to go hard, regardless of the opponent. My one of my favorite players on your team is Darrell Reed. Mm-hmm. Plays so hard, rim protector. I don't yeah. think I don't think players or sometimes the people who don't break down the bat like the game of basketball. Like he sets the screen and rolls hard, which mm-hmm. gives an opportunity for your shooters yes. to be just catch and shoot. How he mm-hmm. rim runs how he will take a charge. You leave him over, he's going to knock down a mid-range or the three. Right. But his intensity he brings just changes your whole team's game, you know, winning the game. And he's so unselfish, man. Sometimes I have to yell, when you sell and read, call for the ball. Right. He's, just, he's such a team player. And I know you've played with guys, man. If it touched the ball in the post, good, bad, or indifferent, post me and I ain't touched it in three, four minutes, I'm shooting it. If I'm giving the rebound, Larry – and if I'm rim running, I don't get the ball back for a right. two hand, like I'm I'm pissed. Yeah, and, and Reed is he <laughs> doesn't, and I and I tell him, man, demand the ball. Like I didn't expect you to block shots and rebound and never take a shot, but he's an unselfish player. And I think as he grows and gets to the college level, he'll become more demanding. But again, one of your best players is not selfish. That has a lot. I mean, that's why we're being successful. He, he dives on the floor he'll also intimidate you. And, and that's what you need. Mm-hmm. And, and I could tell he's a very respectful kid too. Uh-huh. And, and I just, when, it, when he, when his arm was over the rim at, at uh Greg G2 hoops um, mm-hmm. event at the Mac jokes, I'm, I'm like, man, I, I got to put that out there uh, <laughs> because that's huge. And, and I feel like the, what I created just from the media platform is like, I created just to give kids opportunity that, okay, you're filming this kid from Indianapolis who's from, they put that simple clip on ball is life. Right. We have the same type of players here that tend to show you what's it like, the athletes that we have. Um, yeah. But Rico, what you're doing is great, man. And there's other people out here having platforms and we are in a, we're in a situation where we're between Indianapolis and Chicago and we don't have any media. Right. Right. So Indianapolis kids are on live TV down there because they have two, five, Fox or whatever it may be. And then we have Chicago. We don't have a media platform. So even when our kids are doing well, we're like in the middle and we're forgotten about. 
And that's what we've always faced. Um, there's been a lot of great players up here, man. And they right. didn't get um, the recognition. And then a lot of time, it really don't have to do with the school or the coach per se. It's just the media platform is not here. No. There's, and there's a lot of creatives too, creative people. And, mm -hmm. and I tip my hats off to We Got Next Hoops. He does a tremendous job with his brand and I agree. Trying, trying to cover everybody. And mm -hmm. when you're in the media space or in, in the head coaching space, you're not going to be liked by everybody. People are always going to have their opinions, but right. you got to be tunnel vision. And it gets lonely when you create a brand. Man, like if, if you could talk about that, like, does it get lonely for you? Like some of your peers back in the day look at you different just because they feel like you're here, but you like, dude, I'm still the same, but I got to protect the brand. I got to protect this whole thing that I'm creating. Being a head as an assistant coach is not lonely, but when you become a head coach, it's very lonely because um, people always have something to say. Even when you're winning, people have something to say um, about this kid could play more or whatever. So you just have to, believe in what you're doing and you really have to have tunnel vision, man, and just let it roll off. Um, I, I think I got that from playing for my dad, because if you play for your father, you're already behind the eight ball. They think you're only on the team because your dad is the coach. They think that um, you are giving things right. Right. And, and you're really not, you have it harder when you play for your father. So as the coach, man, I just, I really stay to myself, Rico. I really don't have a choice. Who who are some of the coaches, last question, who are some of the coaches you look up to uh, who influence you to continue to keep the motor running and keep the machine going at Hammond? Man, my brother, Samel, who coaches at Bloom, man, Coach Mouton, one of my assistant coaches who was at Eastern Illinois. He was um, a killer. I mean, because he, your assistant, I didn't know, I did some uh, scouting report on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they said, yeah. They, they said he was a scorer. Man, boy, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame at uh, Weber State. Okay. Uh, played overseas for 10-plus years. Um, yeah, he, he got it done on the court, man. That's that's big time. So, yeah. no, that's that's awesome. Coach Moore, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Like, my, my podcast, is, I just keep it simple and organic because I know right. the peers that listen. You know what I mean? The, the They be like, man, Marrero talking to Coach Moore. I know we did an episode a long time ago. Right. But within this new year, man, I wanted to cover you just to, to share your journey and share your philosophy on the game. Man, man, I, I appreciate it. Man, I appreciate what you're doing, Rico. I appreciate you having me back on, man. And I just want to, you know, I, I believe it's time for the region to get another championship, man. It's been a long time, man. And I, I know I was down there when you all won and Wheeler won and I went to the Lou Wallace game, man. The, the Northwest Indiana was on fire at that point, man. And we Absolutely. Haven't, we haven't had a championship back here in a long time man and I feel like I feel like Westside can do it I feel Absolutely. like I feel like Bowman could do it in 2A and we could do it in 3A so and that would be great that would be great for the region when the postseason comes and, and that's some free game for, uh, for people that's listening like it's zero and zero whatever you right. did in the regular season all you got to be is the better team that night that's it that's it man stay healthy yeah. stay in tune to the game plan man and, and like for us, man, that's our goal, man. I felt like we had a great opportunity last year to get there and COVID hit. And so now it's like, okay, we, they're going to play the season out. Let's get there and let's win it. Like, let's not just get there and be happy we're there. Like, let's get down there and win it. Last year of our school, there's no more hammer high after this year. And you guys got a new facility, don't you? You guys got a... Right. Yeah. It'll be and that's, that's nice. Yeah. Beautiful facility. You saw the gym? 
Yeah, yeah, there's multiple yeah. gyms in there. It's like five courts in there. Oh, nice. No, that's that's sweet. Coach Moore, I appreciate it, bro. Thank you again. Thank you, man. And you stay safe out here, man, and continue doing your thing, man. I, I appreciate you a lot. Appreciate you, brother. What's up, guys? We are back. Hope you all enjoyed this episode with Coach Larry Moore. Coach Larry, thank you so much again for coming on a podcast and showing love. Um, guys, Hammond is my favorite. I have them going downstate uh, for the class of 3A. I'm speaking into existence. I know it will happen. Go on my YouTube channel. Check out this episode visually between Coach Larry and myself. Hit subscribe. Hammond's next game is Friday against Hammond Morton. They're working on their eight-game winning streak. So should be a good game. Um, and that's pretty much it. Stay tuned for next week. That will be episode 104. I'm not sure who the guest will be. We'll just have to find out. As always, guys, stay safe and stay healthy out here. Take care.